Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone and welcome to your latest Wolves Fancast match preview. I'm your host, Little Dan. It's great to be back. I hope you all had a good summer. On tonight's show, I've got with me Jeffo, Pricey and Blake. We'll also be having a Manchester United fan, Tim Vigon, who'll be joining us shortly. There's been so much to talk about at Wolves over the last week. The uh, the most, I'll say the biggest news that came out yesterday via John Percy of The Telegraph is that Max Kilman as uh, is expected to sign a new five-year contract uh, bumper deal for the uh, the academy graduate who was linked to Napoli with a £30 million bid the back end of last month with all the sort of financial restraints that Wolves got at the moment. It's good to see that we've we've got that um, that deal sort of sewn up. Uh, what's your opinions on Max Kilman getting a five-year contract, Pricey? I know I've um, displayed my opinions of Max a lot over the years, but I know obviously found a member of the uh, King Kilman Club. What's, what's your feelings on the new uh, contract for Max? Uh, we're, we're gonna, I mean, you're gonna have very different uh, views on this, aren't we, Dan? But um, yeah, um, I'm absolutely delighted. Um, I was there from the start. Obviously, one of the one of the founder members, as you so rightly put, of the KKC club. Um, but I, I'm a bit. I, I'm, I'm generally, I really am delighted that he's that he's signed. And um, I thought when the big fish were circling like the Napoli's as you say etc um I do think there might be like a, a bit of a danger of him potentially going considering we were having our closing down sale at the, at the time and everyone was being flogged left right and centre um the fact that even given our current state at the moment that he's been more than happy to sign a dotted line and has also been made skipper um it's just uh, for me I think it's great news he's you know say so he's come through from a young age um, we all know his futsal skills, bit of a benefit, and um, I think he's just got better each each year. I know Nuno didn't really want to give him much of a chance, but then since he has got his chance and he's come in, I, apart from like the odd mistake, as any young footballer would do, or any you know, as any like sort of developing footballer would do, I think he's generally been one of our better players, always like seven out of ten every game. Um, he's got all the attributes that you want as well for in a defender he's good on the ball um i think it's just great for us five-year deal as well protects our investment as well for a bit um so for me i yeah i just think it's just i think it's fantastic news and i don't expect him to get better as well as the season goes on with someone like dawson by the side of him there i think he'll just improve and he'll get he'll get even better so yeah for me just absolutely delighted i would take my hat off to, to max kilman but i've got a bit of a hulk hogan haircut at the moment so I haven't got the full cue ball but he's feeding me humble pie season by season Max Kilman is he is getting better with age like I said he still has got the, the odd mistake in him some of his big mistakes 
unfortunately seemed to happen at Old Trafford, who we'll be talking about the game in a bit more in depth uh, later on. But um, I'm going to get Tim Vigon to join us uh, all the way from America. How are you, Tim? All right, guys. How's it going? Not too bad Glad to have you Not on, Tim. Bad. I appreciate you having me. It's really good to have the football back, isn't it? Massively needed. Um, as soon as that last, uh, I mean, I was at the Old Trafford away game. Second, I think it's second from last game of the season. And it's, it seems like a year ago. There's been that. There's no no excitement to talk about much at Wolves. The um, obviously got the women's uh, World Cup on at the moment, which has has got highs and lows like any tournament. But uh, it's, it's great to have the Premier League back kicked off on Friday with Man City. Absolutely, to be honest, Trent in Burnley. I thought Burnley were going to be a lot more competitive than than they were, but that just shows how. Just how much of a juggernaut Man, Man City still are, aren't they? Different level, aren't they? I said the other day to my mates starting to feel like they're Bayern Munich and the rest of us are, you know, are, are just chasing. I think, you know, you can say what you like about the money. It's irrelevant. It's, it's modern football. You know, that's what happens. The, the, the manager's still got to put a team together. And what he's done there, Guardiola, I mean, they're, they're incredible. They look un, they look unstoppable. Um, and when you watch some of these other teams, just watching Chelsea, Liverpool now, they're light years behind, light years behind City. And, you know, Newcastle were good yesterday, but, you know, Villa lost their best defender to an awful injury. And, it, you know, I, I think we could get carried away with the first game of the season and there's a there's a lot to go about. I think everybody everyone else is playing for second place, um, and it's not felt like that. It's always felt like there was at least one challenger, um, but I, I think they'll be hard this year. As a football fan, I hate what's going on at Wolves. I hate it. Proper football club, proper football team, really good manager, and he's he's had to leave the club, and that's devastating. Because um, I, I think I mentioned this last time I came on, but when I was younger, I used to go and see Wolves a few times when United weren't playing in the Steve Ball and Andy Mutch era. So I lived in Macclesfield and it was really easy to get to Wolverhampton on the train. And Wolves were in the lower leagues and playing amazing football. And, you know, and I remember only half the ground being open. Um, and, you know, it's amazing what has happened. The, you know, you've got a fantastic stadium, fantastic ground. But the last few months, has, it, it's been gutted up. I, it's a tough one for Wolves to come under this tomorrow to Old Trafford because I think United are, uh, we're a work in progress still. We're nowhere near City, you know, miles from City. But the manager has brought together a, uh, a much better side than we've had for a long time. Getting rid of a lot of the players that weren't quite good enough, getting in upgrades. Um, biggest signing for us over the summer, for me, is the goalkeeper. Um, uh, I went to a friendly game uh, in Las Vegas a few days ago, and uh, I was saying to the person sitting next to me, if you just look at the way United are playing, they're about 15 yards further up the pitch. You know, the, the, the whole team's uh, positioning has changed. You, there was no confidence with De Gea with the ball at his feet. And I think that modern football, the goalkeeper's got to be able to play football. He's got to be able to 
start attacks. He's got to be able to give an extra man. And and I went to the cup final. And what was really clear in the cup final, and I was sat quite high, high above and, and watching the pattern of the game, is we were incredibly deep. And City always felt like they had an extra player over because they trusted the goalkeeper. They'd pass the ball to him and then United would back off. But if you give the ball to De Gea, City were straight on him. And I think it was something like 78% of his uh, balls went out of play or went to them. You know, and I think that that we were, you know, it's a good time to get us because there's a new players bedding in and new system, new goalkeeper particularly who's prone to being off his line and he'll he'll get caught a few times until he gets used to the league. Um but I think it's tough for Wolves to come there tomorrow with the with what's been going on at the club. And that's uh, like you say it's, it's a tough ask. Obviously Man United is still a work in progress, new goalkeeper. Um obviously you didn't start very well last season losing at home to Brighton on the opening game of the season. We'll talk a bit more in depth about the fixture, but Tim's just mentioned uh, Lopetegui leaving there, guys. I'm going to come to you, Jeff. What's been sort of your your thoughts? What's your current thoughts on the whole debacle with with Lopetegui leaving? The talks about financial restraints. Should Lopetegui have tried to to stay and fight it out with the, the caliber of ability that he has, or as he as he left with under a cloud? I mean, it's Julian Lopetegui. I mean, it, everywhere he goes, he leaves under a cloud. It's just the way he is. It's just the the nature of the beast when you employ somebody who's a, who's a diva like that. But I, I, I think it's, I, I, I don't know whether, it, how everyone else feels about it, but personally, I'm just really disappointed because obviously, you know, we were going places. We started to get some style back and some substance. So we'd lost under Lager, Lager and then what had come slightly beforehand as well. That we sort of we're starting to put ourselves into a foundation and sort of build. And now we've done a full pre-season. We look ready to go. And between them, between Jeff and, and the guys who are running the club and between Yulin, they've thrown all that hard work over the last two, two, two months out the window and give it all to Gary O'Neill to pick up the pieces. And I kind of feel for Gary to come into that as well, because, you know, it can't be good to not have this preparation time to put your ideas across and he's got to work within a situation now that Yulen has dropped him in the shit to say the to least, you know what I mean? What's your opinions on um, Lopetegui, Blake? Obviously the, the first talks of him being disgruntled at the financial restraints and lack of incomings, it does appear that the goalposts have been moved on him twice in regards to the calibre of players he was going to be allowed in. He was supposed to be originally young and talented with a bit of money too, just free transfers to no signings whatsoever. Obviously, he had that in two interviews with, with Gillian Balagay, which for me was just really... I, I could understand why he did it, but it just really is a sour taste in my mouth with the... Keeping us up last season was a great um, task that he completed, but the way he's left under this players really soured it for me. I just don't know how much I can blame him because I 100% believe that Fosin sold him short on what the plan of this club was going to be. I 100% believe that this club sold that they were going to be able to spend money this transfer window. And obviously, not only were we not able to spend the money, we weren't able to spend anything. And 
as much as I would like to be frustrated with Julian, I don't really think he owes the club all that much. I mean, yeah, he was here for nine months, but he certainly didn't have the relationship with the club that Nuno did. And, you know, yes, he has rejected the club twice. So I guess we probably should have seen this coming anyways, but I don't know. I just, I just think it's a really sour situation the whole way around. And I don't know if Fosin knew that this was going to be the case when they had promised this to Julian, but it's just, it's just an absolute mess, isn't it? And it's just, it's really disheartening because it's the first time in a really long time as a Wolves fan that I've come into a season with just almost no hope whatsoever. You know, it's it's funny to be back in this situation again. And it's, oh, it's just a shame because like we said, we had played some really pretty football against Rens. Now it is just Rens, but we kind of thought for a moment there that this might actually work out into something that could get us into mid-table. And now we're just right back into the into the trenches again. Like Jeff, I just uh, mentioned, it's it just left such a sour taste that after so much hard work's been put in, I genuinely thought, even if Lopetegui wasn't allowed to bring in signings, that he was on too big a salary to walk away. Because we've talked about him being a mercenary already. He was on a massive salary, rumoured to be between £6 million and £9 million a year, which for a Wolves coach is... It's it's flabbergasting compared to the you know the days of Mark McGee and Colin Lee and all the managers that we've grown up watching. Um, I, I thought he'd keep us up. It, it, it might be by hook or crook, but I genuinely thought he'd keep us up. And then you've got the sort of the caveat that Jeff Shee in the recent letter said we will be able to spend more freely next summer. So there's your sort of your character stay, Julian. But he's already had the goalpost moved on him twice. They can't be trusted, can they? The, the owners, Fosun. They can't be trusted at the moment. They've obviously got um, a financial shortfall, which Tim Spears mentioned on The Athletic the other day, which they're trying to recoup. But it just seems like we're in such a mess at the moment. You've already mentioned Gary O'Neill's coming in with a, a tough task. We've still got some quality players, some top quality internationals still at Wolves, which I still think we've been good enough to stay up. But it just it just feels like we're, we're, we're sort of in limbo with Faustin at the moment. They need to either announce that we're up for sale or I don't know where we go from here. You look at sort of uh, Villa at the moment. That's another reason why I think Lopetegui's thrown his toys out the pram. Seeing Unai Emery get given the war chest that he has. I can't see sort of any... I want to dislike him for leaving, but I 100% understand why he's done it. Obviously, losing players like Adama and the latest news that um, obviously Adama's joined uh, Raul at, at Fulham. Just big key players on top of Nevers that we've already lost. Um, Jao Martino as well. Obviously, we saw Ryan Giles. We just recouped a bit of money. We've, we've recouped a lot of money this summer. But there's just no optimism like Blake's mentioned. And But hearing all that, Tim, it, does, that, does it seem a lot worse than you envisaged? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, we hate our owners. We don't trust our owners and... Um, so I understand that that feeling, and it's a horrible feeling when you feel uh, conflicted about your club. Um, and the the thing is, it's not just Villa. You, you know, everybody's spending money. Everybody's spending money, and that's what must be difficult for the manager to look at and see that in a league where it's so competitive and where you've just flogged all those players, including Neves, for good money, um, to not be able to reinvest any of that into the squad when you're a competitor and a winner. I know he's a diva, I understand that, but most successful people in athlete, uh, in sport have that element about them. They want to win. 
and if you're not being given the tools to win, he's walked away from a big salary, like you say. You know, he could have just stayed and, and taken that money, whether it's six million, nine million. But he's walked away because he doesn't believe he's been given what he should be given to win. And you know, Mourinho would do the same thing uh, on, on several occasions. I have a question for you guys, though, and you may have already discussed it. And I'm apologies if you have. But what do you think about Neves going to Saudi Arabia as a player? Do you feel that that shows a lack of ambition, uh, motivation for the wrong reasons, or do you think he had no choice? Do you want to take that one, Price? <coughs> um, yeah, there's two sides to this, really, isn't there? So, obviously, we know for a, a while that he had his heart set on going to Barcelona. Exactly, yeah. And obviously, that move wasn't really going to be forthcoming for the reasons which obviously are well publicised, that the money just wasn't going to come their way. So, for him, that was really the only card left on the table for him. Now, He's already stayed a year longer at Wolves than what he expected. He's probably seen the writing on the wall here as well. He's not probably not kept the dark in in regards to the fact that this season coming up now is going to be a season of potential struggle for us. And then he's got over here an offer from Saudi where he's going to be earning whatever times his already probably handsome salary. Um and also seeing the prevailing wind of all these players going over there, being sort of seduced by all the uh, Saudi Arabian money and thinking, well, if that's the only offer on the table and I'm not going to stick around with Wolves anymore and I can see that other, pe other players I know of a similar calibre of me are going over there, then obviously why wouldn't they? Now, he's obviously going to be a very rich man at the end of his contract if, if he's not already rich enough. But from a professional standpoint, you know, the, the, the question that overhangs all these moves, not just Neves, but all the moves that have gone over to Saudi is, is this, are you going to look back on these years in Saudi and think, you know, was, is, was this time well spent professionally? I mean, that's the question, isn't it? Because like there was that the famous story about George Best, where he's lying in bed with Miss World and the, the waiter comes in to the hotel room and asks him where it all went wrong. And he's like, are you kidding me? And and to and, and if we look at it from take away us as fans, as human beings, if somebody offers you four or five times your salary um, to have generational wealth for a couple of years' work that will set up gen like family for the next two generations, three generations, I I think it's really hard, especially if you've come from nothing to expect people to turn that money down. Um, I always hate it when football fans say, oh, so-and-so's greedy. He's only gone for the money. I don't know any of my mates who wouldn't take the same job for five times the wages. I don't... The only, I just... thing, the only, thing, the only thing I'd say about that, though, Tim, is that these players are not... The players that are going over there, they're not struggling, are they, at the minute? They're already on... No, but 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 I've what it is money already, aren't oh, they? You know, not completely. But 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 if you think about it, in life, when people get wealthy, they still they don't stop. They want to get more. They want to get more. They want to get more. And and there's more things that you can do, and there's more things that you can do for your family. And I think it, 
it, it's it's harsh to judge people for making a move that can transform the, your life forever. I, I agree with Sean there. It's his job and, and wages are a big part of that decision. And like you say, I agree that if the, the right move isn't there, um, then for me, I understand it. But it's interesting because I know a lot of people disagree and they think players should really be focused on their legacies. But again, you know, football's a tough game, isn't it? If you look at like there's some you, you get one injury and you're forgotten about, you know, you're literally done as far as that team is concerned. And there's no sentiment the other way around. If we if somebody wants to flog somebody and they're just done, you know. It's a tough, it's a tough world football. And and I feel I, I do feel for the players that that are, that struggle at the at the other end of the game who have to watch this ridiculous amount of money being given to one player when you've got even players that in the Premier League earning still a minute amount of money in comparison. But at the same time, the, you look at what the Saudi market has done. And the amount of money it's pouring into the other leagues that is getting thrown around. I mean, £110 million for a Brighton player who has only played a year in the Premier League. That's not happening last year. There's no way Liverpool are coming out £110 million because they've just flogged Fabinho for £45 million quid. Jordan Henderson, they got like £25, £30 million quid for. You know, so these players that usually would have been going off for freeze and the market's completely distorted by it. And I think that it's going to change and it. It's not stopping. When you look at the list of people that have gone to Saudi and are continuing to go to Saudi, they're top class players. You know, players that have been linked to us, to Barcelona, all over this last three years, they're going to Saudi Arabia now. And then you've got the other end of the stick with Messi. He's gone to a horrendous league. The MLS is terrible. You know, he's scoring a goal a game. He couldn't even score a goal every four games at, at PSG. You, you know, we're in a really strange time for football where um, the money is distorting that level of things. Um, but for clubs like Wolves, when you get that sort of sale the money surely has to be invested into the squad. And when it's not, that's when I think the fans have a right to be disappointed with the ownership and and and, and the managers too, you know, to sit there and watch the money come in for Neves and then be told, you you know, and then to, you shouldn't be losing players to Fulham. You shouldn't be losing players to Fulham. You're Wolverhampton Wanderers. You know, that's my opinion. Sorry. If you're one of the live viewers, let us know. If if you think there's a, an element that Ruben Neves was a villain going to Saudi, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that because from my my point of view, not only has he set himself up for life, he's, he's got three kids now. I'm not sure about it, everyone else, but I'm, I'm sure his wife isn't cheap to keep her maintained. Um, <laughs> obviously, you, footballers' careers are really short. You, you, you hear so many footballers who go bankrupt as soon as they retire. Um, and the biggest point for me, he, he, that transfer fee theoretically could have saved us this season. We might exactly. get relegated still, but that that transfer fee might be the difference between us getting and not getting a point deduction the season after. It's 
Let us know if you think um, Neves is, is a villain in, 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 in any element in the comment section, guys. And thanks for joining us on the Wolves Fancast YouTube channel tonight. Obviously, uh, Spotify UK mentioned recently that uh, based on the uh, the hours consumed last season, that we are the most popular fan-made punk podcast for Wolverhampton One. So we're uh, we're pleased to continue having your support. Um, obviously, drop a like if you're not already. Please subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of our episodes. Uh, Trevor W. He's not a villain unless he comes back to the Premier League to a northeast side, which is that was an element that we we, we were massively concerned yeah. about about Newcastle bringing him instantly on loan, which is still a possibility. But um, even hell, still not watching, still not watching the Saudi League ever, which is, like I said, as much as I love Ruben Evers, I've not watched five minutes of a live game yet. I don't really intend to. I'll watch all the highlights. I saw Cristiano Ronaldo's. Um, I don't even know uh, Al Nasir. I was going to say Al Etihad then. Mm-hmm. who beat Al Hilal yesterday in the cup final. Got, got no interest in the league. Uh, Tommy Taylor there. Nevers did us a huge favour going at that price. God, God bless. God, God bless. God bless Ruben. Uh, yeah, I, I've got nothing. I, I, I shed a tear when um, Ruben never did that um, goodbye video. Go and try and switch back to the, the game. Obviously, uh, away to Manchester United tomorrow. Bruno Fernandes came out yesterday in... Uh, in the media saying that Mateus Nunes, I think that will that this will be a big season for him. He can be a player that scores goals, gives assists and lots of energy. It is a massive season for Mateus Nunes, isn't it? Uh, Jeff Rowe obviously still got a massive transfer value that he needs to sort of justify. Um, he has he has had, he's looked sharp in pre-season from my my point of view. What's your feelings on how big a season this is for Mateus? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's certain, certainly a lot of pressure on him to perform now because... I mean, you know they say within his price tag was quite outrageous, but um, he did a lot when he was in Portugal, and and the way that he played football and the way that he was able to influence games and score goals and get an assist, get assists for teams and in games when he was over there, and and you know he was a match winner. We haven't seen that in a wall shirt yet, and we know that there has been issues with. Um, the way he's been played and the position he's been played, probably not his strongest until uh, probably later in his Wolves uh, first season, you know, and he's, he's playing certainly off the wing as well, which is something different for him. Uh, but we saw, we saw in probably the last five or six games that he was starting to develop and starting to work in that role. And I say a lot of players, when they come over to the Premier League and they come into a lang- uh, you know, a new language, new culture, new society, it takes time to adapt. And especially the sort of game against Chelsea where he scored that screamer, he did fantab- fantastic, really. And I mean, talking about what the Fred says there, I think he's probably his best position is in sort of that box-to-box number eight because he can carry the ball well. He's he's quite press resistant and he's got a good range of passing as well. The problem is that he doesn't get enough shots off on goal and the ones that he does, he doesn't tend to get, doesn't tend to get any power behind them. He always tends to look like he scuffs his shot or he hits it straight at the goalkeeper. And that's something that they've got to work on with him. And so Times his best friend at the moment because he's only a young lad still in terms of a football career and he's got time to develop. So they need to get him playing in his right way, give him a little bit more freedom, like they're saying in the comments there through uh, Matt Bradley, let him play his, his role and express himself. Because we have the players around him that can do dirty work now. We've got the Mario Laminas of the world, the Joe Gomez's. Let him be a free spirit and play football in the beautiful way. Um, this is a big comment by Stu Kelsall in the comment section here, Pricey. We've got a lot of talent, but 
it's a season they need to deliver. It's it is literally that simple. As Matthias Cunha came for massive fee in January. Matthias Nunes still hasn't really hit the heights of his transfer value last summer. Um, it's massive season for those two in particular, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I I, um, I echo what Jafar said there. So I mean, especially on Nunes, <clears throat> he, he strikes me as like a, a bit of a maverick sort of player. You know, someone who, given a bit of freedom, I think would would flourish. I don't envisage for one second that when we bought him, we bought him with playing him on the, the wings in mind. I, I just think because of what a mess or car crash our season was last year until Lopetegui come in, um, we weren't seeing any of the best of him at all. Um, and we still haven't, if we're honest, we still haven't seen. We've saw little, little bright spots, but considering what we paid for him and the reputation that he, that he holds both, you know, um, what we, the reputation that we know of him and in Portugal, um, I think we're going to need to see him really step up this year. And I think if we do play him in the correct position, I do think then we will start to see him flourish. We've all saw like his skill on the ball. We saw the quality of his shots he can do, what we saw at Chelsea or against Chelsea, should I say. Um and then players like Cunha, he's, I don't think, I think with Cunha, people need to understand he's not going to be the player that's going to get like, he's not going to be our main goal scorer, Cunha. He doesn't strike me so as that sort of player. We're going to be looking for um, the majority of our goals elsewhere. But if he's in the right, again, like a support striker role behind their actual striker, I think we can see him flourish. But again, from last season, we've, well, where we've saw him, um, we saw him playing play up front on his own, I and mean, we just not saw the best of him. So again, we do we are expecting much more from these players now. They've had the certainly Cunha's case had a summer to settle in, um, and we're going to be looking for for a lot more. And you know, given the outlay, we, we've had our we've had our fingers well and truly burnt with Geddes, haven't we? You know, thirty million, and what what have we had back from that? It's just a, a, probably one of our worst signings in in recent history. Here, as you know, my. My thoughts on Geddes are a matter of public record on this sort of thing. It's just shit. And he's not fitted since minute one. So, um, Chocolate Up is a bad one. So, we're not going to get anything back from him or anything on the pitch or anything else like that. So, we're looking to, to the likes of Cunha and um, Nunes and some of the and some of the, the, the established players. We'd like your Netos of this world. We're looking for them to step up again now. It's been a while since Neto's had a good run of form and talent and that we had injury problems. So that's, you know, that's a mitigation for him. Um, and, and then, you know, you know you do those, which if anyone's part, if anyone could have a glimpse into our fan cast group chat, we see the, the, the almost daily debates about like Huang and Sarabia, you know, they could write, we could write a, a Lord of the Rings tome of, of our like thoughts on, on those two players from our group chat. But there are others, you know, they, they also, they need to step up as well. Not just the big signings, everyone that we've, that we've got in the, in the four positions, especially given how crap we are creating and scoring chances, they all they all know, they need to need to step up for sure this season. But you know, hoping through O'Neill's training sessions, which did appear, you know, we've only had we've had that brief glimpse into O'Neill's training sessions on on the Wolves YouTube channel. You know, he's got a good pedigree as, as a coach. You know, and um, I'm quite optimistic he'll work effectively with these players. I mean, he came in. O'Neill came into Bournemouth in not too dissimilar circumstances to what was coming in here. You know, he, he came in, he was dropped in at Bournemouth when Parker thought the job was, you know, too hard, essentially. 
and he's coming into us, albeit probably like a couple of games earlier than then. So I'm confident, given you know he, he, he's got a good coaching background to him, he can work with his players, and hopefully, you know, we're, we're going to see a bit more from them this season. That's the thing, isn't it? You, you, sorry, just to butt in on O'Neill, is his, his, his reputation is, is as a coach. And you've got some players there that you think have, have under-delivered and, um, and developing, especially a player like Nunes. You know, that's where, as much as making the team fit together, that's where a new manager can really have an impact. If he can get into the mind of that player and get into the, the, the things that, that Jethro mentioned that he feels has been a problem with him, those are things you can work on and that you can improve. If you look at Klopp and he brought in a player like Andy Robertson from Hull and turned him into one of the best fullbacks in the world because he clearly saw something in him. And Robertson was clearly not that player when he went there. You know, and obviously I hate him, but he's a quality player now. And I think great coaches can turn around a player's career. And I think that's what you have got with O'Neill there is you've got somebody that players respect. He's a football football coach. You know, he's a, he's a, he, and he's got results doing that sort of thing. He's a really good coach. I think it's a really good appointment. I just think he's been thrown right in at the deep end and, and you need time. You, you know, he's not had a pre-season. He's got to get this, this team going. I, 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 don't think you guys are going down. I just had a look at the, the league again. And I was thinking, really, like, you know, looking at those teams, there's no way Luton stay up. Sheffield United are going to struggle. So, you you know, Forest, I think, probably struggle. You you know, there's, there's teams where you've got much more talent than they have. It's just going to take you a minute. I think you, you might have a rough early part of the season, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that, that O'Neill keeps you up. I think he's too good of a football man. And, and and like Jethro said, the talent is there, but it's whether a coach can get hold of the players, see where the quality is and see what needs doing and and turn them into better players. I, I feel like Gary O'Neill, he, he might be a great coach. My only concern with Gary O'Neill, compared to Lopetegui, he doesn't have the aura. These sort of players that we've just discussed, Mateus Nunes, Mateus Cunha, Pablo Sarabia, who's played for the Spain national team, so many other big calibre players. Are, are they going to sort of buy into his philosophies? That's my only concern with Gary O'Neill. Can I just moment. say, though, can I just say, though, wouldn't you have said the same about Eddie Howe going to Newcastle? Didn't everybody say the same about Eddie Howe? It's like, you know, they're this team that have got all this money. They're expecting to challenge for the Champions League and they're taking Eddie Howe. How's Eddie Howe going to deal with superstars? And you look what he's done there. You you know the proof is in the pudding. And Newcastle are, are looking a good team. No one talks about Eddie Howe getting sacked. And at the beginning, everyone didn't think he'd last a few months. I think you, you know good good footballers respond well to good coaches. I've got a couple of mates who were ex footballers, and one of my friends, Matty Lawrence. You, you know he used to play for Palace and uh, Mill. He was captain of Millwall in the cup final against us. And I talk to him about this stuff all the time. And he's like, there's two ways that coaches have respect. Like you've got either you were a superstar footballer and you're still the best in training, which he told me about Ray Wilkins. He felt like that was everybody just worshipped him. Or your football uh, language is inarguable because you're making the improvements and you know how to deal with the players. And, um, I think that's what O'Neill can do. And 
it's hard to find a coach with with aura it's hard there's only a very few of them that really have that and um i think where wolves are at at the moment for me you need more of a football man that that can get the best out of players and, and understands how to, to succeed in this league which is a very tough league and, and again for nunez coming into this league from portugal you know it's tough so I said I said something similar on our on our in our chat because I said that to me football players will respond to good coaching doesn't matter who they are if they can see that the ideas that they're trying to embed work and it, they could, they're developing and progress and that translates to results on the pitch I think they'll buy into it no matter who it is some players will naturally um, want big names coming in because they think if if, if it's a big name who's done, done a lot in the game they will give them respect and they'll listen to them. But I think after, as time goes on, if they've not got any good ideas, progressive ideas and not developing, that, that, I think that aura goes from, from we, we can all list, list off some examples, like, you know, the Contes, the so-called proven winners, they'll go into, they'll go into clubs and they don't do anything, they don't progress the club. You also like Mourinho going to like Spurs, felt it was beneath him. Sacked. Same for Conte. You know, I think you've got the very two types of managers: managers who will lean on their playing days, the managers who've actually studied the game, have good coaching methodologies and um, ideas, and they can develop players. You know, I, I, hopefully, you know, O'Neill fall, falls into the latter, and that he's just someone who's got good coaching ideas. And it seems that way. So you know, I'm, I'm um, weirdly optimistic about how we'll get on in the season. But like, like Dan said, you know, it depends how the players how the players ultimately take to him. If 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 they if they if they only respond to big names, then they're not going to get on with O'Neill. But if they respond to good coaching philosophies, then you know, hopefully it will be fine. But that's why I think he's going to need a moment to win their trust of those lads in there because he's not just walking in going. You know, even I'm like Julian. It's like he's he's got to prove himself to those lads and win them over, and that's why I think it's going to take a minute. But I I do think you've, it's a solid appointment under the circumstances, and you've got a squad that's much better than I looked at it. Better squad than Everton. Um, there's four or five teams that are way down behind you. I think. To Sean Crow in the comment section, my thought is this this squad has lots more talent than what Bournemouth had. Why are people projecting that same coach to get relegated with more talent? I've, I've, I had to repeat this numerous times on my Twitter this week is that I've got no vendetta against Gary O'Neill. He might be an exceptional coach, but I feel he's been he's been thrown such in the deep end with this squad. We've got a really tough batch of opening fixtures, haven't we? Man United away, Brighton at home, and then is it Everton and Crystal Palace? You got, you're not picking up any points from them four games. Wolves fans are all already of that toxic nature at the moment, waiting for something to go wrong. I mean, um, it, it came out uh, earlier on today via the uh, via, via Chester Football Club stealing the um, our mascot's Wolfie's costume. It's just one thing after another at Wolves at the moment, Tim. You just don't understand. It's it's a bad place to be. The, Chester Football Club have taken the iconic Wolfie costume and renamed him Lupus. 
it's just one thing after another. And the Wolves fans were just waiting for something to mount about. And I just feel those opening batch of fixtures, he needs to put in, we need to put in some good performances on behalf of this coach. Otherwise, he's on a hiding to nothing. I feel really sorry for him. And, and you hear the sort of talks that we're not going to be bringing in um, many players. It's, it's tough. And obviously, Paul, what's Paul's uh, commenting here? Our fixtures are really tough. We, we play everyone twice. It's it's a fair comment. Uh, one of the comments that Gary O'Neill came out with um, earlier on today is that uh, on, on Fabio Silva, from where I'm sat now, I expect Fabio to be a big part of what we do this season. It's, it's, it's make or break, isn't it, for Fabio Silva this season at Wolves? He's still got a high value, which... I feel like if he hadn't have been bought for such a high value, we we may have let him go this summer. But as a commodity, they still need to give him one last season to to try and recoup some money if he is. Hopefully, he'll go on to be the player that football manager predicted. It's it's a massive season for Fabio Silva. Hopefully, I think we're all of the same opinion. Jeff, welcome to you, Blake. Do, do you feel uh, Fabio uh, justifies starting uh, tomorrow? Why not? I mean. <sighs> We don't really have options and we've discussed a lot about the talent that we have on this team and there is a lot of talent but the one thing that we really do not have is an established goal scorer there's no one that we look at in that squad and think oh yeah that guy is definitely going to score 10 goals this season there's no one and so i just why not i mean at this point i mean just some effort off at halftime and if it's not working out i mean he's really proved himself at anderlecht to some degree and sure that's not the premier league but i mean we're just so thin on app on options up front that i just think we've got to well, we've got to do something, don't we? And yeah, sure, maybe uh, Sarkic now, or not Sarkic, yeah, Sarkic, now that he's off of injuries, I'm sorry, Kolasicic, now that he's off injury and might not, well, might be able to start finally, maybe he can do something. But we've just got to find something that works. And I think there needs to be some tinkering at that end um, until we find something that does work. You're mute, Dan. My bad. Uh, Adrian Richards just said uh, Sasha will get between one and 12 goals if fit this season. I mean, I, I hope it's towards the latter end of that 12, Adrian. Um, it's, it's a big season for Sasha. Hopefully, um, he, he stays fit. That ACL he had uh, last season was really bad for him and, and the club at the time. It's But we're all sort of, all the eggs are in the Fabio Silva basket this season. That number nine shirt still hasn't been revealed who's taking that this season. It looks like it's going to be Fabio unless Faustens can somehow find some yen behind the settee to get a new striker in. Um, I'm just going to try and pull up the um, the predicted lineups for the game tomorrow, and we'll we'll talk in depth about uh, who's going to obviously be key. I've gone for a four sort of four three three for Wolves. Uh, obviously, Jose Sarr in goal, uh, Samado right back, Dawson and Kilman centre halves. Ryan Aitnori scored an absolute screamer against Wren last uh, Saturday. Uh, left back, midfield three of Lamina, Gomez and Mateus Nunes with a front three of Pablo Sarabia, Fabio Silva and Mateus Cunha. Um, someone did mention in the uh, comments earlier asking what our opinion is of Pablo Sarabia. What's your opinion of Pablo Sarabia, Jeffo? Oh, it's a good, good question, to be honest. Um, it, it's one of those. He, he's come in on a low price tag. Um, he did well at PSG. He, you know, he's he's always done okay where he's gone and always scored goals and got an assist. But we haven't seen that from him since he's been at Wolves. Um, he's looked lightweight for the league. He doesn't look like he's got the athletic ability to um, influence games. 
and the, the chances that he has had have been pretty golden and he's either put them straight at the goalkeeper or put them over the bar. So it's sort of been a baptism of fire. But I think with a lot of them, they came in that January transfer window and they were on a hiding to nothing, a lot of them. Um, and it was kind of difficult. It, it, I think what made it worse was the fact that we had players come in like Joe Gomez, who did well, and Mario Lemina, who, who arguably could have been player of the season last year in any other year, did as well as they did. Um, and it kind of put a lot of negative eyes on to Sarabia, but now he's 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 going to be important this first sort of five or six games, if he gets three or four starts, that he does get a couple of assists or maybe even a goal. And he, he has these moments where he's influencing games because he has to, despite him only coming in for £5 million, he has to be a, a player that influences the games because he's in such an important position for that team. If he does play in that 10 where he's played before, if he plays in a wide area... He's got to be supplying chances to the forwards because that is what we need in this team. And that's what we've said for the past two, two, three years. We need to score more goals. And players like that are going to be the ones that are the causation factor for that. Uh, Neve has commented saying that it, it, it feels the same as last season, that although we've got some quality players, that doesn't seem like an obvious threat of a, a top goal scorer. Obviously, Fabio Silva is being tasked with that. Tim, you sort of touched on it earlier that you, you think there's probably going to be at least three teams that are going to be worse than Wolves come the end of the season. You see that starting line-up there in a bit, in a bit more detail. That mm. You're probably right. Well, I'm, I'm hoping you, you surely are going to be right that we've got enough to stay up. I think that there's one thing that I, I feel like you, you, you need a... British central midfielder you know you need one player that can really get stuck in and set the tone um that's like when I look, <laughs> like an, well, you know I I look at yeah someone like someone a bit more yeah Stephen Gerrard but for a Wolves level yeah, yeah you need to yeah, grab, grab the game by the scuff of the collar absolutely and I think when we bought Casemiro you know, we paid stupid money for a 30 year old player but that's what he's done for us you know, he just walked into that team and transformed it. I genuinely, I genuinely with Casemiro, he's another player that's fed me so much humble pie in the last sort of 18 months because I, I did think he was just sort of, sort of like a, a John Obi Mikel used to be for Chelsea, just a bit of just yeah, a water carrier defensive. But it, it just shows how good Cruz and Modric are that he went so under the radar for ability because he's, he's got so much more to his game than just being a roughhouse in the midfield. We 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 look a different team when he's not on the pitch. I mean, literally, the, you you know, he's transformative. And um, I'm not convinced about Mason Mount. I was, I've never really understood him. So you know, I want him to feed me some humble pie because I look at him and I just think, you know, I've never seen him take a game by the scruff of the neck and um, like like exactly what you're doing here. Where does Fernandez play and where does Mount play? You know, Fernandez is the one that is supposed to have that free role that ro roaming in there in the ten. I just don't know if Mount. I don't know. I hope he proves me wrong. The the big issue if for Wolves tomorrow will be Garnacho going down the left. Um, and the thing about that player is he's fearless because he's so young. Um, and I think players like that. Them, they're at their most dangerous where they, they, they're they not in their heads. Like we talked about Anthony Joshua last night in his fight. You know, if you think about an early 
Anthony Joshua and the fights he was going into, he was going out there and steaming through people. And then now he almost looks overcoached and like he's he's got too many yeah. things going on in his head. Yeah. yeah. Garnacho's playing football like he's playing in in the street at the moment, which is why he's exciting. And um we'll see what he turns into. Obviously, everybody's excited. Anthony is, you know, obviously talented, incredibly frustrating with his uh, final ball. Um Left foot is like a wand when he wants it to be, but not very disciplined. I have a feeling Wan-Bissaka might have that place at right back. Um, he seems to have grown on the manager. Um, and if you saw in pre-season, there were a couple of times when Delo gave the ball away that, that put us in trouble and got Onana uh, lobbed. So um, I do see what you're saying. And I do think there's a bit of steel missing from that Wolves team. Just somebody to get properly stuck in in the middle and set, like I say, set the tone. You know, sometimes you need somebody who's going to do that. But from what you were saying, Silva, when he came in, I think it was, he came in with such a, a load of excitement that because he hasn't delivered immediately, it feels like a bit of a letdown. But again, he's so young. And it's obviously got ability. There's no no question about that. And it's a quick case now if, if a coach has got a strikers need belief, they need confidence. The, you know, O'Neill's got to get in his head, make him feel like he's the best striker in, in the league. Tell him that, make him believe it, make him not overthink and make him shoot on sight. Let him be a striker. And I think he can do a lot of damage. He's definitely got the ability. It's all mental. But buying an out-and-out goal scorer is the hardest thing to do. I mean, United have just spent 73 million quid on some player nobody had heard of three months ago. I don't know if any of you were talking about Hoyland uh, three three months ago. I didn't even know he existed. And we've got, you know, it, it became this big signing. I mean, again, who knows? I mean, these guys that, that scout and coaches, they know better than I do. But but I always love, you know, in the summer, especially Liverpool fans do it the worst. You know, the, some name, like this Hungarian kid who's just signed for them. I've never heard of him. I had no clue. He was useless today. And, and, and but the, when they signed him, when they were talking about signing him, you read on the internet, all these people seem to be experts on the smaller league football that, that none of us have got time to watch. Too busy trying to keep up watching the Premier League. But uh, so I've got no idea what our striker is like. And I know he's not ready and he won't be playing. And Rashford through the middle is nowhere near as effective as Rashford coming in from the side. So, um, you know, I still think you're facing the United in progress. And like you say, we, we, we did start slowly last year. It was a completely new coach. I think it's a different time, but... It's a good, I still think it's not a bad time to play us in that way, but there's always the 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 there's a difference in confidence, isn't there? And United feel like a team on the rise. Hopefully that's how how it, the, the perception is. And Wolves feel like a team in trouble. And it's like you say, what's the psychology of that Wolves team that goes out there? Are they going out there with freedom because they know they've got nothing to lose? They're going out there to prove something, you know. Football's a, football's a funny game, man. I, 
you you just wait, never wait, know. Wait, wait, what you're saying, Tim, is you, you're you're missing root veg growth. That what you're trying to say? Listen, man. I mean, do you know what? Uh, what do you know what? He's rubbish, right? But he tried. You know, he 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 pressed and he worked. And the thing is, like, I've been a United fan since '85. I've had, had my season ticket since '85. You know, when I was 15, I've seen some rubbish. I've seen some brilliant footballers. And I've seen some terrible footballers. Um, I don't expect us to win every year. I don't expect us to even make the Champions League every year. But I expect players who are getting paid hundreds of thousands a week to play for Manchester United to try and give their all. And that's all I can ask. You know, it, it's, it's all I can ask. And, and I think that, that what I like about the manager is he's, he's eased out the players that we just didn't believe in, you know. And, and, and I'd rather have a team of players that I like and believe are doing their best. Like, obviously, Lissandra Martinez has been incredible for us. And we love a player like that. That's what I'm saying. He'll set the tone. He'll get stuck in. And one tackle lifts the whole team. It lifts the stadium. And I think that's that's the those players, they're as priceless as a goal scorer. Do you, do you know what I mean? I think Jeff, I'm looking at that Wars lineup there, any sort of changes that you'd suggest? Um, to be honest, I think you could kind of put Sarabia in for Huang. I think Huang's done fairly well in preseason as well. I think he took his goal um, in the in the game a couple of weeks ago quite well. Um, and, he's, it's, and he's in the same exactly the same boat as Sarabia. He's got to perform this season, and he's got to give him more influence on games. Um, so he's probably the only one. I mean, Traore is going to be more involved this season as well, but I don't think he's sort of ready. Uh, and then you've got a 50-50. You can toss a coin on who plays left back, to be honest, because Hugo Bueno is equally as good and equally as influential as Ryan Nuri. So it's sort of one of those. It's, it is a flip of a coin. But personally, uh, yeah. Let's know who you'd have at left back, because uh, obviously Jeff, I just mentioned there, it is literally a 50-50. But who would be your choice to start at left back tomorrow, Ryan Nuri or Hugo Bueno? Um, there has been a few comments, uh, Tim, sort of pulling you up on our lack of, uh, what's the word, aggression in centre midfield, saying uh, this guy doesn't know much about Jao Gomez and Mario Lamina. Um, they are they are sort of two rough and ready midfielders. I think Mario Lamina took quite a few Wolves fans by surprise about how rigid and sort of um, how organised he was. He does have, he does have that sort of um, presence to, to make that into a back five defence on, on occasion. So we'll see how, how our midfield free. I think that's that's where the game gets won tomorrow. You look at that, the calendar, and that's that, that's what I was saying before. That that you know it's hard enough to keep up with the Premier League, let yeah. alone watching uh, League One. Or uh, um, the, I definitely haven't seen enough of Lamina or Gomez to to know that. Um, so I apologise to Wolves fans yeah. for Mario Lamina was was only recently at Juventus a couple of seasons ago. He's had a couple of injuries which have set him back. But I think was it. I don't know whether it was Jeff or Price mentioned earlier that um, he, he could have won Player of the Season last year from January up until May. He was that um, integral to us. Obviously, we, um, Ruben Neves was suspended. And he may have been injured a couple of games and Mario Lamina and um, Mateus Nunes when Neves were out really really took the Wolves uh, to, to another level, which has led us to where we are now. I think as much as he's been massive for Wolves over the last five, six years, I still feel there is a future about Ruben Neves where we can cope. But um, I think there's still the biggest point is where where are the goals going to be coming from? 
from this Wolves team. Looking at that Man United side there tomorrow, Tim, um, you've obviously mentioned Garnacho there and, and, and Rashford. Is, is there any other areas you think that Wolves could exploit? I, I think, um, obviously, the, the fact that we're playing with a completely new goalkeeper and a completely new system. So, um, playing further up the pitch. So, the, the, the back four have got to be perfect in possession. Um, and I'm confident with Varane, Martinez and Shaw, but with both Dallo or Wan-Bissaka, and bearing in mind that you're looking at Anthony, whose defensive discipline is zero, that that's the side that teams are going to have joy against us with. Luke Shaw's been phenomenal over the last two or three years. He's without any doubt, again, watching Chilwell today, Shaw's leagues ahead of him as a fullback. And so... And, and that's and, and that side with Martinez and Shaw is much much tougher. But I think the the right hand side, you, you know, or left for Wolves coming at Anthony and Dallo or Wambisaka, um, especially putting them under pressure in possession, is the most important place. Especially given that we'll be pushing so high up the pitch, so it's a, it's an opportunity to really get. At the uh, at that side of our defence. Any Manchester United players for you, um, Pricey, that you think we should be aiming to sort of press on tomorrow? I mean, <clears throat> I know we talked earlier about Cunha and uh, Silva being the, the strike partnership of James, but I can just imagine a moment where Kladzic gets... Um, up against Martinez in the long ball stakes, because um, I know who my money will be on to win the headers there. But then, to be, I mean, to be honest, even with, with with that with Martinez, I mean, Tim, you probably know full well that you know when you sign Martinez, everyone was talking about his height or lack thereof. But it doesn't seem to have hampered him, you know, up against even some of the taller strikers. But um, as you say, I mean, the. The key, the key thing to exploit here is, is the, the new goalkeeper. He's not, he's not, he's obviously not a terrible goalkeeper, but he won't have the communication lined up just yet with the, with, with the back four. Um, and it's a solid enough back four, isn't it? That, that United have got there. It's relatively unchanged from last year. In fact, you know, you've, well, you haven't got rid of him yet, have you, Maguire? But he's, he's still lurking around a little bit in the background until you get rid of him. But, um, <clears throat> Yeah, I just think that's the main thing to, to for us trying to exploit. If if we if we have a Fabio and Cunha partnership, which is quite, which is really quite creative, quite exciting, and we can exploit that that new goalkeeper back two back four combination, then yeah, I think that's probably our, our best shot. But that does require us to actually create chances and have shots on goal. <laughs> that's where the 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 grand master plan kind of falls down in that regard. So hopefully if we've, if O'Neill's addressed that in the, the few short training sessions he's had, or at least tried to, then that will be a bit of a benefit. Just how good is Martinez, Tim? Because I was one who, I mean, I'm, I'm only five foot three and I, even I was taking the piss out of his eye. In, in Premier League, you talk with the comments of people like Chris Wood and like Troy Deeney and these lump strikers were going to manhandle him, but he's been outstanding, hasn't he? Oh, it's been amazing. I mean, he's as tough as they come, obviously, fearless. But the thing that's underrated about Martinez is he's fantastic on the ball. 
uh, insanely calm. And again, if you take when you took him out of the team at the end of uh, last year when he got injured, we looked at we we really struggled because um, again, you can give him the ball in a tight position and he's not nervous. When we had poor old Harry Maguire trying to play in the same position, trying to do the same thing, you give him the ball and he panics. Um, and that's a you know Harry's a class footballer. I feel really sorry for him. You know, it's been very, you know, it, it, the game has changed since he came to United and um, it doesn't suit him. And it does suit Martinez. Um, he's very clever, which is why the height hasn't been a problem. And United, especially Varane, very good at switching at the right moment. Varane's like a Rolls Royce of a defender, f- fantastic player. So I think our centre-backs... Are as good as we've had since since Rio and Vidic. You know, the, this is the first time where we felt really good about the the main two centre backs. They're the two of the least of our worries. But I think um, that uh, you're spot on. I think the communication with the goalkeeper and the way that they have to play now, because it, it is a completely different system. It, that's going to take a t- uh, some time. It's going to take some time, and people will take advantage of it. You know, Real Madrid already did, and um, and so did Dortmund. You know, because you can see that that happening. So, and the Premier League's tougher, and everyone switched on. I just think Wolves have got to press. They've got to press. They can't if they if they come out timid, we'll win two or three nil. If they they, they cannot come to Old Trafford with fear, they've got to come out and press. And that's what Brighton did, and that's why Brighton beat us. You know, Brighton came; they didn't 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 come here thinking anything else other than it was a game of eleven against eleven. They played their game. That's what you've got to do, at Old Trafford. And that, for me, ladies and gentlemen, is the reason why Pablo Sarabia cannot play a high percentage of games for Wolves this season because he hasn't got the intensity to press the way that we need to against the top sides. He's a very tidy footballer. But for me, um, he's just not a player that we can afford to to carry because he's not he's not got the he's not got the age or the legs or the pace to press um, the way we need to. Do, do you disagree with that at all, Jeffo? Not at all, to be honest. I think you're probably probably right. I think that he is a footballer who would do better in a side that has more control over a game. That's just why we saw what he did at PSG. He was quite effective, you know. He was involved a lot more in goals and assists because they, as a team, and the quality of the league and the quality of the club against it, kind of proves that you know you can have these one, two, three, or in PSG's case, probably four or five players who don't want to track back, don't want to work, don't have to work hard. But when you're in the Premier League, every team plays in that intense football model now that sort of Liverpool bought in under Klopp and what, um, uh, you know, Pochettino was doing at, at Tottenham and, you know, and what uh, is now happening at City, that you have to have 10 outfield players and a goalkeeper as well who can play football at an exceptionally high level and play with intensity. And I think we can hark back to what was said earlier about um, Ruben Neves and why he wasn't he wasn't sold for a lot more than somebody like Caicedo is because Caicedo has a natural athleticism that Ruben Neves actually doesn't have. 
He's quite a slow and can be quite a lumbering individual at times. And that is why the, the, these players are now going for £100 million because not only are they very good footballers, but they are fantastic athletes. And young. Quite... He's young. He's young as well, Caicedo. We've got to give him credit on that level. He's only 21. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of a higher ceiling than there is for, for Ruben Nevis. Ruben Nevis could have gone into any, any team and done a really good job in the Premier League, but for how many years? Caicedo could be 10 years being the new Kante for Chelsea. You know, that's that's what they're hoping, you know, but it, it, it does feel like a lot of money, doesn't it? Uh, great amount of uh, people in the comments section tonight. Uh, obviously, quite a few new viewers by the looks of it. We've got Abu Lali, Deo Yamin, Deigmane. De he said Manchester United will win tomorrow. Uh, we've got Danny Boy, who's a West Ham fan, wishing Wolves good luck for the season. Great football club and fans. I hope you can grind out a result against the Manx. Um, Stu Kessel, back to Wolves chat, saying that if we can move the ball quickly and get the likes of Wang in behind, we have the pace to hurt Man United. I feel that's it's going to be key for Wolves. We need to stay in the game as, as, as long as we can. Um, if we're not going to start uh, Kalajic up front tomorrow, we, we need to press as much as we can and then try and exploit them as the, as the game goes on with the likes of sort of maybe Huang. Not many people will like, like to hear it, but maybe Daniel Pauldens off the bench tomorrow, maybe doing a bit of his magic. You might say he's petulant and he falls over a lot, but he's still our most effective player and you can quote me on that. Um, <laughs> Brema Sessai says United will win, obviously. I'm not going to sort of try and put gold-tinted glasses on and be really stubborn. Wolves have got a mountain to climb tomorrow. Um, it, it's always a tough game going to Manchester United, especially with our, our current predicament. But it's still 11 versus 11, guys. So, yes, just keep supporting Wolves. Um, drop a like if you've enjoyed the show tonight. Please subscribe to the channel. It's the best value you can get. It's free. So, yeah, press the subscribe button before you go. We've had Jeff, our pricey uh, team, and Blake on tonight's show. I'm going to come to Blake first because I've not got him involved as much as I'd like. I'm going to ask Tim a quick question before I get to Blake. Based on what you've heard come out of Blake's voice this evening, Tim, what part of uh, the world do you think he's from? Right, that's a really good question because I've been trying to place it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Boston. Do you want to tell him, Blake? Because if you if you occasionally the, a little bit of black country comes out and it's the foot, it's like a, a, the most bonkers hybrid accent you'll ever hear. Born and raised in in California, and then no, to, yeah, no, yeah. no, whereabouts? Uh, Orange County, right next to Anaheim. God, no way! What whereabouts in? Sorry about this, guys, but whereabouts in Orange County? So I was. Uh, do you know? Literally the city of Orange, right next to where yeah, uh, my, Orange my, meets Irvine. My wife is. My wife went to Los Alamitos. Oh no way! Oh, that's yeah, awesome. yeah, 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 yeah. So I know that area really, 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 really well. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh my god! So Sorry. when you wow. put that with a bit of black country accent, Tim, it's that's why we got Blake on the show. We've got that that variety. Wow! No, I, yeah. honestly, I, I really, I really enjoyed um, listening to you guys. You know, really learned a lot from this from this it's been fascinating a lot of re really knowledgeable guys on here really appreciate the conversation yeah I, paul d has commented i'm sorry for not getting you involved as much as i'd like blake can someone please check blake's pulse and worries he's, he's expired live online a terrible way to go so publicly <laughs> but black as i said i'm going to come to you now what is your score prediction for tomorrow's night 
fixture between Manchester United and Wolves. God, what on earth can you say? I I pray it's going to be one one, but I think the reality of the situation is it's probably going to be Manchester United three Wolves one. Tough to take, but we'll accept your uh, decision. Only, I do want to say, just to give Wolves supporters some tiny amount of hope, is with this old. What would you say? Squad gone. What was that? What was that you, you said know, then? We, what was what was the amount, Blake? Amount? Tiny. Tiny. <laughs> but anyways, with the with the old squad gone, I think that there is a real opportunity here to start fresh. And as terrible as it is to lose Julian right before the season, it might be what's best for us to have a new manager come in now that we have to play all these new play well, not new players, but these relatively younger players that that weren't really a part of the Wolves side for the past, what, five or so years. They certainly weren't in the championship. They certainly were, well, some of them were with us for our first season in the Prem, but most of them weren't. And I think that there is at least some opportunity for us to sort of re-come back and, and rekindle as a team, actually make a start of this. So I don't know if that's very likely, but I think that there is some chance of that. And I think that that is really, if there's any hope for Wolves this season, that's where it's going to come from. So all we can do is keep the five. What's your score prediction, Jeffo? I'm, I'm actually fairly confident of getting a point. So I'm going to go 1-1. Um, I think get, from what I saw in training, I think Gary's sort of putting his ideas across well. I just hope that they're able to translate to the pitch with such short notice. But I believe, come on, Gary O'Neill's army. What's your opinion, uh, Pricey? Where's your money at tomorrow night? <laughs> It just feels doesn't it? Does it not just feel a bit weird when we we we've got a manager to call Gary now as well? When we talk, we talked before about it's either been Yulin, Bruno, Nuno, and they were saying Gary one step away from having a manager called Craig or Ian or something. Um, it's, it's been a long while since we had a Glenn. A Glenn, well, oh God, he, uh, no, he knew where to knew, he knew where to get a one-one draw, didn't he, Glenn? But um. I, I, do you know what? To echo what the boys have said so far, my optimistic hat on. I am. I think we can get. A, I think we can get a one-one draw. I, 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 I'm not that confident. I think we can win. I think that we definitely will concede. I can see the scoring, so I would say a one-one. But I think more likely, unfortunately, it'll probably be something like a two-one, a two-one loss. Um, but I'm optimistic. I've got to be first game of the season. The optimism will never be this higher. So I'm going to keep it as 1-1. Bar a second string um, wall side against Blackpool. We are unbeaten in pre-season, guys. Let's stick with the optimism. Um, obviously, Stad Renee absolutely thumped Nottingham Forest 5-0, beat West Ham 3-1. And from, the, from what I saw at Molyneux, we absolutely took Rennes to the clears. It should have been more than 3-1 on the day. Where's your money tomorrow night, Tim? Manchester United versus Wolves. I just think, uh, like I said, I think it's going to take O'Neill a little bit of time to get his message across. Um, I just think that's normal. Um, And um, I do think you'll score. But I agree with Blake. I think 3-1 United. I think think it's just just got too much, just got too much at the moment until Wolves really find their new groove. Um, we've got one comment in, in obviously in the comment section from Wolfie Adventures. And if this happens tomorrow night, I'll be probably topless outside of the um, <laughs> outside Old Trafford. Wolves one, Fabio Silva bicycle click. 
kick. I mean, that's the stuff of dreams, isn't it, guys? That you can't even get that on free for football manager. That just doesn't even happen. Are you going um, tomorrow? Are you? Are you going? Are you going to the game? I'll be there. Yeah, it's. Um, oh, fantastic! I've been, I've, I've been deliberating about it for the last week, but I've got to support my team. Whatever happens, go. happens. Um, yeah, so I'll be there tomorrow night. Um, I'm gonna go with. It's. it's it's unfortunate I'm going to have to say it. I think we're going to lose 4-2 tomorrow, but I think we'll be 2-1 up. I just feel like this is a new era. I feel there'll be like a raw naivety where we'll score, we might score one or two goals, but in the end, United's class might just sort of be the the difference. But if we can score two goals tomorrow, guys, I think that'll be just a big a key thing for the fan base. And I, I know we all need points and we all want to see amazing performances, but this team, we haven't seen enough goals. We want to be entertained, don't we? That's that's what we've paid the money. That's why Wolves keep on increasing our season ticket prices. If we're going to lose, go out trying to have a How much do you pay? Do you mind me asking? How much do you pay for your What's the most ticket? expensive season ticket now? Is it £7.25? Uh, that's, that's not bad, Billy is Wright, it? The Billy Wright, hasn't the Billy Wright Central lot gone over 800 quid now? Let, let me put it to you this, though, Tim. The last three seasons, we've scored at home 30, 31 and 29. It's not value for money at all, is it? And what about it behind the goals? How, how much would you pay to... I'm sorry, to I'm sorry, Tim. I'm, I'm telling the lie there. I think it's something like 19, 20 and 21. We've scored 31, 30, 30, 31 and 29 over the last three seasons in total. But, but like to sit behind the goal, how much would it be? I think over it's six, six thirty was mine in the South Bank. I think something like that. So it's like like thirty five pound a game or it's something. It's still like it's that. still what I class as the going rate for a Premier League. I think thirty to thirty five Premier League, twenty to twenty five the Championship, and then you so on League One and League Two. Not not many clubs are you, where where you can still get thirty five pound tickets now. You know, like uh, I, I heard that the most expensive ticket now is Fulham. Yeah, three grand, isn't it? That's crazy. I mean, my seat, you've sat, have you sat in my seat? You have, haven't no, you? No, you gave it to Luke, if you remember. Luke, right. Yeah, he's sat in my So you know what? I've got one of the best seats at Old yeah. Trafford, right? You're on the uh, dugout, yeah. You're £50 a game. You yeah. know, and, and I still think that's really, really, really good. If you, uh, like Blake would tell you, if you go to a sport in America and you want to sit anywhere near the centre of the pitch, you're paying in the thousands for a game. So we're still quite lucky in the Premier League to have like to have that. But uh, I'm jealous of you going tomorrow. I'm jealous. I I get back to England in a couple of weeks. So we've got a lot of street stuff, as you know. And um, I'm going to be going to a few games, and I just can't wait. I just can't wait. Win or lose, to be back there with our teams again. Brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant. I'll um I'll, I'll pull out my Norwich scarf for you tomorrow if we go one nil up to. <laughs> Uh, like I said earlier, thanks for joining us, everyone, tonight. I've got a little bit of a quiz before we finish, but if you want to head off, it's it's up to you guys. Um, one of the big things on um, Inset at the moment, similar to the, the craze of Wordle and whatnot, is um, the crossover grid. I'm not sure now me and Price talk about it a lot in our group. It's not going to be who wins the out of us. I'm going to bring us all together this season because there's always been an element that I provide too much tough competition in my quizzes. So now I'm bringing us all together as a team. So on tonight's episode, we're going to do the crossover grid, which you can find. I think it's crossovergrid.com. Um, and what you have to do is you can see on the screen, 
So top left, you've got Boyan and Tottenham. You have to think of the most obscure player to have played for Boyan and Tottenham and then Chelsea and Tottenham, Liverpool and Tottenham. And then you've got a Boyan wow. Munich player who's Italian, Boyan Munich player who's French. So I'm going to come to you first, Tim, because you're our guest this week. Can you tell me a player of, as obscure as you can who's played for Bayern Munich and Tottenham? Oh, my God. As obscure? Yeah, because the, the, the more obscure the player, the more points you get. My goodness, he's played for Tottenham and Bayern Munich. Oh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Somebody else help me out on this one. Anyone? As a team, come on. Any First guess. I would say Klinsman, but also but Stefan Freund. Did he play for Bayern Munich? Ooh, yeah, I don't know whether good. it was Munich or Dortmund, wow. but I'm going to go with it because I, I was thinking of, I was going to go with Christian Ziga, but I think Stefan Freund might get more points. Let's try Stefan Freund. Than Ziga? No, uh, Stefan Freund's obviously not a correct answer. Yeah, Shit. Christian. I'm going to go with Christian Ziga, who used to play Christian. for, there you go. Wow, that, that's a big shout, mate. That's brilliant. So let's go I with Chelsea and Tottenham. Come on, Tim. Let's, let's get a Chelsea and Tottenham player from you as obscure as you can. As obscure as possible. Yeah, um, I mean, you can I'm, I'm watch the, something from the that? 70s or the 80s here, Tim. Oh, really? I was going to go for Carlo Cudicini, but. Um, uh, points for that, to be fair. We'll uh, have a think of another one and then we'll go with Cudicini if not. Oh, my goodness. Because um, like, the ones I could think of are not rare. Hmm. Again, somebody else jumping. I'm being useless here. Should we go with Kudachini? Let's go with Kudachini because yeah. I know this this show is, um, is, has gone over a lot this uh, this evening. So, Carlo Kudachini, 17% of people have already chosen Carlo Kudachini. Um, Blake, Liverpool, and Tottenham. Don't come to me. I've only been a football supporter oh, for like Blake. 10 Jeff years. Blake, uh, <laughs> Liverpool and Tottenham, Jeffo. Oh, my God. Um... It's it's a it's an obvious one. Mine would be sort of Robbie Keane, yeah. but there's got to be someone more obscure than that. I, I've I've got one. I've so got correct. one. There. Go on. Paul 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 Stewart he used to play for Wolves. He did. And he, no, he was Liverpool. Him. Yeah, Paul Stewart. Yeah, uh, nineteen sixty-four. Yeah, zero point five six people have uh, picked him oh. so far. Uh, an Italian Bayern Munich player of years gone by. Uh, if anyone's in the comments section, uh, the threats had Mickey Hazard. I bet that would have got some good points. Uh, Ray Clements. Luca Tony was Italian. He played for Bayern, but that's that's about 10 years ago, maybe. So, uh, that's a good shout, though. That. That's a good shout. Let's go with Luca Tony to try and speed up the episode. Luca. Yeah, I'd have probably oh. got Massimo Aldo. Oh, 85 percent uh an italian chelsea player that could be everyone but i'm gonna go if it's come straight to my mind i can't even spell his name right sam is it sam della bonna wow what was his, what was his name the yeah e-e-l-l-a wasn't it oh no, i can't even find him on the database here um anyone else want to chime in I was thinking about left back, Del Orno. He was Italian, played for Chelsea. Didn't he? Spanish, right? Spanish. Yeah, I think he was Spanish. Yeah, I see. Del Orno. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who was the um, 
they had, they had so many Italian players, Zola, Violi, but you want someone to score, don't you? Franco De Santo, was he Italian? No, Argentinian. Yeah, he's Argentinian. We're going yeah. to have to think of someone quickly, guys. Italian Chelsea player. Who was that? What was the fullback called who played from the right back? Um, what about Fabio Barini? I know that's quite recent, but. I'm going to go with Casaragi because he's more old school, 1.7%. An Italian Liverpool player, guys. Um, what's Andrea, Andrea De Sena? Oh, who was that? Who was that? Oh my god, who was that one who came and they he was a central Alberto midfielder. Aquilani? That's the one, Aquaman. <laughs> That's the one. I'll, I'll put him in once I get the flipping keys right. 26%. I'm sorry, guys, he's my favorite left back of um German football and French football. It's Bicente Lizarazu for the, the French boy and player. Oh, if you can think of anyone on that, I apologize. What what about uh, for the French che French Chelsea player Gail Kakuta? Ooh, oh, that's a good shout. Just there was a load of fuss about him. Do you remember? There we go. Because we got two players wrong, we we got seven out of nine guys, and we're oh, currently seven thousand nine hundred ninety third in the uh, current rankings of uh, oh, this man. today's crossover grid. Get yourself on that game, guys. It's a nice little football trivia game. It's Once brilliant. a day that comes on. Share it amongst your WhatsApp groups, and we um, there's some people who lie and cheat and put in like ridiculous players. I'm on to you, Rich Hobbs. I'm on to you. Um, <laughs> that's it. I mean, Stu Castle said Roberto Di Matteo. There's some Chelsea have had more Italian players than Napoli. Um, thanks for joining us tonight, Aaron. 20 episode, guys. Um, Tim, thanks for joining us all the way from America. Um, Blake, all the way from Wolverhampton. Oh, I'm in Florida now. Oh, you're in Florida. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Adam from uh, Lower Penn. Bradma, aye, aye. Bradma. And then Jeffo all the way from? Worley. Great Worley, yeah. Great nice having to meet you guys. At on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok, even though we're all in our 30s. We're now on TikTok. Thanks for joining us. Have a good rest of the week, and hopefully... We'll be back on Tuesday with a, uh, a good podcast to review the match against um, Manchester United. Good night. Good bless.